I've been looking forward to this Sunday for quite some time. Uh, in fact, probably since uh, we started this series, I've been looking forward to today. And it's because of the topic that we get to talk about today. It's the person uh, that we get to talk about today, and that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is part of that trinity, that triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Christian God, the true God, the only God. And though there are three persons, there's one God. One God, yet three persons. <laughs> and if you're sitting there and you're saying, I can't wrap my mind around that, then I have this to say. Welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, yes, that is correct. We cannot wrap our minds around this triune God. And I want to suggest today that that's a good thing uh, because if we could understand God, if we could wrap our minds around who God is fully, well, then he would be less than you and me. Then he would be someone that you and I, as imperfect people, could comprehend, and then he'd be less than us. God is so infinite, so great, so majestic, that you and I can't wrap our minds around him fully, and that's a good thing. He is one God, yet three persons. Not three gods, one God. And today we get to focus on that person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit, and what does the Holy Spirit do for you and me? That's the question we're really going to focus on today. Those two are the questions that we're going to focus on today. Because there's a lot of confusion around the Holy Spirit in the Christian church. How do I know that the, I have the Holy Spirit? Do I have to be taken over by the Holy Spirit and show some ecstatic in my life somehow? Do I have to speak in foreign language, in different languages and tongues? What does the Holy Spirit do for you and me? How do we know that our church is a Spirit-filled church? These are questions that get so confused across the Christian church. And so let's look at who the Holy Spirit is and what he does for you and me and how we know that we have the Holy Spirit. And the best place to look is to Jesus and what his word says to you and me. Jesus, on the night before he dies, talks at length with his disciples and one of the topics that he continues to come back to again and again and again is the Holy Spirit. John chapter 13 is the beginning of the last night of Jesus' life, Maundy Thursday, and Jesus is with his disciples in the upper room, and he talks with them from 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. John chapter 13 starts with Jesus washing his disciples' feet. It's a familiar account to, to most of us. After he washes his disciples' feet, he then starts to talk to them. And the main topic that Jesus says at the very beginning is, it's time for me to go. It's time for me to leave. And Jesus isn't just leaving Jerusalem to go back up to Galilee. He's not leaving to go to another uh, city. He means it's time for me to die. Now put yourself in the shoes of the disciples. What must you be feeling in that moment? You have spent every day for the last three years 
with Jesus, your mentor, your leader, your best friend. And now Jesus says, I'm going to die. Not in a month, not in a week, tomorrow. You may be confused, hurt, grieving, sad. Jesus is leaving. And this is the context of Jesus now bringing up the Holy Spirit again and again and again through 14, 15, and 16. We're going to look at John 14, 16 through 27, and that's where we're going to start this morning. Uh, I'm going to read the entire thing, and then I'll go back and make comments. You can follow along in your worship folder. You can look up on the screen as well. Here's what we're told. Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken with, while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I love that last line from Jesus because every time I, I read this section of Scripture, I, I look at that phrase and think, put myself in the disciples' shoes again. And Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Peace? <laughs> Jesus, you're dying. How can I have peace right now? This is like a teacher saying to their students the day before a test, hey, you have a pop test tomorrow. Not a pop quiz, a pop test. I'm not giving you a study guide, not telling you what's on it, but peace be with you. This is like going to the bank and you lose 75% of your savings, and the banker says, I don't know what happened to it, but peace. This is like a loved one of ours on their deathbed, and they say, I'm dying, but don't worry, have peace. How could we possibly have peace in those situations? How could the disciples possibly have peace in this situation? It has everything to do with Jesus just, what Jesus just laid out in those verses. And so that's what we're going to look at today. It has everything to do with the Holy Spirit and his activity and job in our life. And so let's look what Jesus says. Look at verse uh, 16 and 17. Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is that other advocate who's going to be with us and in us, Jesus says. But here's the question. If the Holy Spirit is another advocate, who's the first? Jesus. 
Jesus, right? And if we want to understand the Holy Spirit, we first have to understand Jesus' role as our first advocate. We often talk about Jesus, his life for us, that he lived perfectly in our place, that he died for us on the cross to take away all of our sins, that he rose from the grave to conquer the grave so that you and I will rise again from the dead. All true. All true. And an absolute great truth to hold near and dear to our hearts. We've talked during this series that Jesus is also on his throne. He's ruling all things for the good of his church. We've also talked about how Jesus is on his throne in heaven preparing you, your room, in God's kingdom. But there's another aspect to Jesus on his throne right now that we haven't covered yet, and it's the fact that he's your advocate. He is speaking to God the Father for you. And what's he saying? When you hear the word advocate, you think of a lawyer, right? They're speaking on your defense. And Jesus is sitting on his throne talking to the Father. And what does he say to the Father? Father, you must forgive Stephen Apt. You must. Not because he's trying his best. Not because he didn't mean to do it. Playing on the heartstrings of justice never works. He is saying, Father, you must forgive Stephen Apt because, Father, I took the punishment for him. Father, you punished me in his place. Isaiah 53, the punishment that brought us peace was on Jesus. And God, you're a God of justice. You must carry out justice, and it is not just if you punish Stephen Apt when I have taken his punishment, that would be double jeopardy. Therefore, God, you must forgive him because you are a just God and I've taken his sins away. And the same is true for you. Now, if you want to reject Jesus, if you want to not have faith in Jesus, then you stand before God and you have to be your own advocate and then justice will pre prevail that way. But through faith in Jesus as your Savior, Jesus is on his throne advocating for you that God must, according to the law, forgive you your sins because he took the punishment for you. And God grants that for Jesus' sake. You talk about peace. Do you want to get rid of that nagging guilt in the back of your mind? It's not by trying harder. It's not by trying to be a better person. What's going to get rid of that nagging guilt is knowing that you have a Savior on His throne advocating for you to the Father and that according to the law, He must forgive you because Jesus paid for your sins. Do you want to stand before the Father and know that you're enough? Do you want to live your life not feeling insufficient? Then know that your advocate is on His throne saying, Father, they are enough, not because of who they are, but because I was enough for them. It is your advocate Jesus who is on his throne advocating for you to the Father. He speaks to the Father in your defense. That's what 1 John 2 says, 2 verse 1. That's what Jesus is doing right now. He is speaking to God the Father for you. How does the Holy Spirit play in? Jesus says, I'm going to send another advocate to you to live in you and with you. 
Just like Jesus is speaking to the Father on your behalf, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. For you. That's your first point this morning. Jesus advocates to the, advocates to the Father for you. The Holy Spirit advocates to you for you. Jesus speaks to the Father on your defense. The Spirit of truth comes to you to speak to you for your benefit. He takes the truth of Jesus and he speaks it to you. And that's what Jesus says. The Holy Spirit is coming to live with you and be in you. And if you jump down to verse 26, Jesus says this, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things, reminds us of all things. Think of what a blessing and what peace that must have felt and comfort for the disciples that was. Jesus is going to die, and here they are, Jesus talking to them. And if you were thinking this when we were reading 16 through 27, Jesus kind of seems to be all over the place a little bit. There's a lot of deep things there. Uh, how about that one verse where Jesus says, I am in the Father, the Father's in me, and I am in you. What? <laughs> um, how are we going to remember this, Jesus? Jesus says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's going to teach you all things and remind you of all things. And the Holy Spirit has one more job, and it's what we see in John chapter 15. If we were to turn the page, here's what he says. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. The Holy Spirit teaches you, reminds you about Jesus, and testifies that Jesus is the Savior. It's kind of like this. Imagine we're not talking about the Holy Spirit. Imagine we're not talking about what he does. If I were just to show you that picture and said, what do you see? What would you point out? Don't think too hard. The actor, right? The actor on the stage. You know what I bet none of us would say? That's a great spotlight. Oh, man. I wonder what kind of light fixture that is. I wonder what kind of bulb is in that thing. No, we would never say that because the spotlight is designed to highlight whatever it's shining on. That's the Holy Spirit. If you wonder why the Holy Spirit never seems to be talked about, if you wonder why he, he, we never focus on him, it's because the Holy Spirit doesn't want the focus. The Holy Spirit is that, that shy person of the Trinity that only wants us to focus our eyes on Jesus, to teach us about Jesus, to remind us about Jesus, to testify that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That's his purpose. And so if you're wondering if your church is a spirit-filled church, all you have to do is ask, are we ecstatic about Jesus? Are we excited about Jesus' work through his life, death, and resurrection for us? Are we so absolutely filled with joy over Jesus that we can't contain it? If so, we're a spirit-filled church because the Holy Spirit points us to the Savior. Spotlights. Jesus. Jesus. And only Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who comes to us, teaches us, testifies, 
and reminds us of Jesus. He comes to us and he says, I know you're scared. I know you're scared of the future because you don't have control. But let me point you to the one who does. Jesus. And remember, he takes care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. And guess what? Jesus didn't die for birds. He died for you. You're worth way more than all the birds in this world because Jesus didn't die for a single one of them. But he shed his blood for you. He takes care of them. He will take care of you. He points our eyes to Jesus and says, are you looking for compassion and love? Look at your shepherd Jesus. The tenderness and compassion that he has, the mercy that he has for the flock, his sheep, and you are one of them. He says, I know. I know that you're scared of dying. But let me point your eyes to your Savior who's conquered the grave who sits on his throne, who promises that he is the resurrection and the life and that he will raise you from the dead just like he rose from the dead. He says, I know you're feeling guilty, but let me point your eyes to Jesus who took care of your salvation when he died on the cross and rose again. He's now on the throne advocating for you. Let me point your eyes to Jesus. Let me point your eyes to Jesus. This is the Holy Spirit's job to point your eyes to your Savior, to teach you, to remind you, and to testify that Jesus is the Christ. That's his job, to be the spotlight. So how does all this play into the peace that Jesus says he's leaving with us? It's a good question. How does the Holy Spirit bring you peace? How does Jesus leave us with peace when he leaves us with the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't we have more peace if Jesus was sitting right here? No. And you want proof? Look at the disciples sitting around the table. For three years they had been with Jesus. And even though they knew Jesus, they still didn't know Jesus. They still didn't get it. It wasn't until when? Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came, made sense of everything because the Holy Spirit taught them, reminded them, and testified that Jesus is the Christ to them, that they then fully understood who Jesus was and what his purpose was. See, without the Holy Spirit, we don't know Jesus. And because we don't know Jesus, we don't know true peace. That's the negative way of saying it. Here's the positive way, and it's your last point today. The Holy Spirit helps us know Jesus that we may know peace. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't know Jesus. He remains in the dark, and when he remains in the dark, you don't know true peace. You want peace from that nagging guilt. I'll come back to that. And you can try harder. You can try to make up for past mistakes and yet there's still that nagging guilt in the back of your mind. You will never have true peace from it because you won't know Jesus and that the God of the world has forgiven your sins. Without the Holy Spirit, you won't have true peace and you can't say everything's going to be okay because you don't know that it will be. Because you have no control over the future. 
And without the Holy Spirit, you don't know that Jesus is on his throne ruling all things for the good of the church, and that includes you. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't have true peace knowing that you have security. Yes, you can look to your bank account and say, oh, I have security because look at all the money I have. But even in the back of your mind, you know that it can all go away just like that. And so without the Holy Spirit, you don't have true peace of security. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't have true peace on your deathbed because you don't know what comes next. All you know is that the end is here. And because you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't know Jesus has conquered the grave and that eternal life is waiting for you. Without the Holy Spirit, you don't know Jesus and you don't have true peace. This is why Jesus went to his throne. To send the Holy Spirit who teaches all things, reminds us of all things, and testifies that Jesus is in fact the Christ. And that's why you and I stand here today and we have true peace. We know as we leave here this morning once again that we leave here knowing without a doubt that our sins are forgiven because Jesus is on his throne advocating on our behalf. The Holy Spirit has reminded us and testified that Jesus is the Christ. He died, he rose, he ascended, and he's advocating on your behalf to the Father. We leave here today knowing that if we leave and we get in a car accident, we're going to be in heaven with Jesus because the Holy Spirit has testified to us again and reminded us that Jesus has conquered the grave and he will raise us again. We leave here today knowing that the future is going to be okay no matter what happens because our Savior is on the throne and he's ruling all things for the good of the church. And that's you. The Holy Spirit has reminded us, taught us, and testified to that once again. It is the Holy Spirit who points your eyes to your Savior. It is the Holy Spirit who opens your eyes to your Savior. It's the Holy Spirit who strengthens your faith, creates faith that Jesus is your Savior, and it's through that, through Him, that you have peace. So what do we do? We have all this information about who the Holy Spirit is and what He does. What do we do? Jesus, in Luke chapter 11, talks about prayer. And at the end, he says, if you, fathers, know how to give good gifts to your kids, and we're sinners, how much more won't our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so let's pray for the Holy Spirit. As we come to church on Sunday morning, get here just a few minutes early and take time to just say a prayer. Holy Spirit, open my eyes to my Savior Jesus. Let me grow in the forgiveness. Teach me, remind me, testify again that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, for me. As you're at home and you open up the Bible, start with a prayer. Holy Spirit, spotlight Jesus once again today. Strengthen my faith. As you pray before bed, as you wake up in the morning, Holy Spirit, open my eyes that I may see Jesus. Direct my eyes to Jesus, to Jesus, to Jesus, because it's only through him that I have peace, and it's only through the Holy Spirit that you know your Savior. And so pray. Pray for the Holy Spirit, because when the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to Jesus, he leads us to the peace that Jesus gives, and it's not circumstantial. It's beyond our circumstances. It's eternal.
Six little words. That's all the creed gives to the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit, and yet it's those six little words that are so impactful for our lives because without the Holy Spirit, we don't know Jesus and we don't know peace. Praise God that he's given us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know Jesus better. We pray that the Holy Spirit continue to give us that wisdom and revelation to know Jesus better and better and better. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise and thank you that uh, you left this world, that you lived, you died, you rose again, you've accomplished our salvation, and we praise you that you are on your throne advocating for us, talking to the Father on our behalf and on, in our defense. Uh, we thank you that you have forgiven us all of our sins, and now that we thank you for sending the Holy Spirit who teaches us, reminds us, and testifies that you are the Savior of the world, that you are our Savior. It is through him that we have peace. We thank you for opening our eyes, opening the eyes of our faith, that we may know him better. Continue to pour into our hearts the Holy Spirit, that uh, we may have wisdom and revelation to know you better. We ask you to continue to be with us, be with all of our family members, be with all of our church family, all of the community here in Santa Rita and beyond. Pour out your spirit on everyone that they may know you better. In your name we pray. Amen.